I'm Alex Pearson, and I feel like we're in a, a permanent state of hold when it comes to the autism file. I mean, this is a file that has got to be one of the biggest failures that we have seen in uh, the province of Ontario, for sure. The Liberals failed to fix it. They did nothing to fix it. And in, uh, you know, five, six years in the Ford government, it's no better. And now we learn that most of the children in this province that are already waiting for money for core autism therapy are not getting it anytime soon. And this is a story that the Canadian press got through freedom of information requests because that's how we always get our information. The budget is $667 million, but that only serves 20,000 children for these clinical therapies. And there's a 60,000 long wait list, which gets bigger every single year. And if you don't get these kids, if you don't get kids with autism into early treatment, if you don't connect with them, you can lose these children. And the treatment's very, very expensive, and the families are being forced to, to pay out of pocket. Why can't anybody figure this out? Let me ask Kate Logue. She's the uh, Vice President of Community Outreach for Ontario Autism Coalition, also a mother of two autistic kids. Thanks so much, Kate, for joining. Thank you for having me, Alex. I, I fail to understand, between the Dalton McGinty, Kathleen Wynne, and the Doug Ford government, why over two decades no one can figure out how to get this done. You know what? That is a good question. Although I would I would disagree with you a little bit. Um, at the end of Kathleen Wynne's um, time as premier, the last year or two, they had finally made some way and offering what was really a needs based autism program. The problem with it was that it was underfunded. Yeah. It was a good program, though. The kids that were getting in were getting exactly what they needed. Um, and in fact, they had made a bit of headway to have it moving initially pretty quickly but it, more money would have had it moving extra quickly and we wouldn't be in this situation this government could have walked in and simply doubled the budget which they claim to have done anyway and had they kept everything the way that was we would not be in the situation we're in right now which is super frustrating well i guess so i mean um maybe you can characterize uh, so people understand that the costs that parents, and, and ultimately you're going to do whatever you have to to help your child. You're not going to wait for the government to, to step in because no, no one would get help. But ultimately parents are going to take control as early as they can. But it's very, very expensive. And so can you kind of take me through some of the, yeah. the, um, the challenges that parents are facing out there, including yourself? Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's and, and to complicate things every, even further, as, as you often hear, every child with autism is different. Um, so what one might need might be very different than what another might need. But for those kids um, with the most challenges that require the most support, they could be looking at needing upwards of $100,000 to $150,000 a year of clinical therapy if they're to do intensive therapy, you know, in a short-term manner that would hopefully give them the skill base to catch up to their peers developmentally in a number of areas. Um, even kids who maybe don't require as much support could require upwards of sixty to $80,000 a year um, just to catch up with speech therapy and occupational right. therapy and whatnot. Um, so it is, it's a lot of pressure on families because what's basically happening right now is a, a child is getting diagnosed, which is a bit of a shock to a family. You're, you're, you're having to face a diagnosis and, and, and take a, a hard look at, okay, what are we going to do to help my child? And 
you're finding out that it's going to cost a lot of money. And then you think, oh, well, great, the government's going to help. And then you're, you know, slapped in the face with, okay, I'm going to be reading what? Five to seven years, likely, before I receive a dime to help me fund clinical therapy that'll help my child. When everybody, all professionals tell you that early intervention is best, mm-hmm. um, you feel pretty helpless. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's personal. It's personal. You know, that that's the thing is that, you know, you want your child to meet their potential and, and out of your control. If that's being held back, it's it's very, very personal. It's devastating. Mm-hmm. So what is the yeah. reason then? Um, because the Canadian press did their... You know, they got a um, information from you know requesting it. They were not volunteering this information. What is the reasoning that this is delayed again? It's not that it's delayed again. It's that it's never not been delayed. It's yeah. <laughs> really what it comes down to. And we're finally finding out, based on this freedom of information request, what is really happening. You know, we at the Ontario Autism Coalition, we've been trying to sound the alarm on this for quite some time. The wait list just hasn't been moving. They they did send out invitations to tens of thousands, we think up to about maybe 20,000 children starting last fall. So we thought, okay, great, things are going to finally get moving. But the process that they've created with this new program is very administratively heavy. Every family has to do a four-hour Zoom assessment call with one of these government um care coordinators um, that isn't even necessarily a professional within the field of autism to go over the needs and challenges of your child in order for an amount of money to be determined. It's slowing everything down. They haven't been able to even, they sent out invitations to to thousands of families, but because the process is so long and arduous, it's, these appointments are booked into next So they haven't gone out with any new invitations since, uh, I believe, December, January. Um, We're up to about 2018 on the wait list. So any child that has been diagnosed after about mid-2018 is still just stuck waiting with zero idea of how much longer that wait is going to be. And what we're really trying to say is, is it's hard enough waiting but families need to have an idea of how long that wait is going to be so that they can Yeah, prepare. for sure. Man, it's managing expectations. Like, if you can't do it, tell me what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. I'll do the rest. And I think parents will look at that and say, if you can't do it, I will. I just want to know. Stop telling me what I want to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's getting really um, difficult for us. We're, we're hearing pretty strong calls from the community to be doing more. You know, as, as you sort of have noted, we've been fighting this for five years now. Um, many of that was with signs in hand and standing in front of Queen's Park and in front of MPP's offices. We've sort of stopped doing that the last year and, and tried a, a different tactic of, of meeting the government mm. and then and, and, and voicing our concerns. But that doesn't seem to be doing much. And the community is, is basically telling us, why are we not doing more about this? This is We're in a crisis situation here that's now even spilling into schools, right? Because yeah. schools are having to pick up the pieces. So um, we really hope we see some more movement from the government on this. I'm really glad that this is coming to light. Yeah, I just, I think there's been hope for so long. It's at what point do you just get simply, um, you know, what you've been promised. And so I, I get I get the frustration. I just think there's been too many years, too much politics, too much kind of changing um 
you know, uh, aisles and, and direction and, and those suffering the most are the, are the families at the core of this. And so, you know, whether you yell, whether you stay quiet, whether you have rallies, it just doesn't seem to sink in that we've got to solve this. They've had enough time to solve it. All governments have had time to solve it. They just don't. I know. And, and they do have the national, really, I should mention though, because they have this national framework that they, that they, um, the Senate, I think Leo Husakis was involved in getting this national, um, you know, framework built. I don't know if that's the answer. I don't know if that will help expedite things. Um, yeah, well, we would hope, I mean, that's just being worked on now. So time yeah. will tell on that one. But that one seems to be looking at many issues that would affect the autism community, especially moving into adulthood, things like job training and housing and, and whatnot. It doesn't seem to be focusing too, too much on therapy and how that's provided to children at a young age. And as, as we keep talking about, early intervention is best, right? There is a window that, that, that does, not that kids or youth or adults can't continue to learn, but there's a period of time when children are younger, um, and we're talking that it's, you know, between the ages of, of two and seven, it's really, they, they talk about the best window, right? And, and, and kids in this province are completely missing that window because of this government. Stay tuned. I'm sure you do. Kate, very much appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Alex. That is Kate Logue with the Outreach for Ontario Autism Coalition. And wait, they will. I just don't, I just don't understand how they get away with not acting. Get it together. Get it going. You've had too much time.